Hey, football fans. Welcome back to Draft Insider. This is the fifth episode. I'm Hunter Doyle, your host from InsideTheEagles.com. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Today, we have a special episode. We're going to be going over an NFL mock draft that we have created. For those of you who don't know, in a mock draft, we're going to try to predict which players will end up with which teams. And today, we'll just be going through the first through number 10 picks because It'll take a while to go over 32 picks, but tune in in future weeks to see the rest of our mock draft. And let's just jump right into it with that said. To start us off, the Jacksonville Jaguars have the first pick in the 2021 NFL draft. And with the first pick in the 2021 NFL draft, the Jaguars take Trevor Lawrence. You can't miss here with Trevor Lawrence. The Clemson quarterback, many scouts believe that he could have started in the NFL as a true freshman in college. And I personally agree with that. He is ultra talented. He's a leader and a proven winner at Clemson. He can make almost any throw you need him to make. And he's got a really big arm to match with that. And the mobility that he has just being able to extend plays with his legs is huge. Now, I do think he does need to improve under pressure and make some better reads at time, get through his progression a little smoother but he's very coachable. Bottom line is that he's the bona fide number one prospect and a franchise quarterback. One of the best all round quarterbacks we've seen in a while in the draft. So the Jaguars can't miss here. They take Trevor Lawrence with the first overall pick. With the second pick in the 2021 NFL draft, the New York Jets will select Zach Wilson in this mock draft one of the most athletic quarterbacks we've seen in recent years in the draft. I mean, in an NFL where quarterbacks kind of need to be mobile, that's the new prototype for NFL quarterbacks today. Wilson will fit right in. He also has an elite arm. I mean, he can fit the ball into very tight windows, hit a receiver in stride. And according to PFF pro football focus, Wilson had a turnover worthy play rate of just 1.2%, which ranked him third among college quarterbacks in the 2020 season. And similar to Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts, Wilson's attitude is very admirable. He stays calm, cool, and collected under pressure. He has a certain energy and swagger about him that teams can really get excited about. And he was not on many scouts' radars prior to this last season and just took a tremendous leap. Now, at the same time, that can be a little bit concerning. UNC quarterback Mitch Trubisky, who was the second overall pick a few years ago to the Chicago Bears, only had really one season to showcase his talent in college, and he did not pan out very well for the Bears there, considering not re-signing him in free agency. He has not played well in recent years. Wilson, though, he he does have a lot of talent and a lot of potential that you have to consider taking a chance on if you're the Jets. Now, I do think that his footwork could use some coaching, and he did play with a really talented offensive line that included 2021 NFL draft prospect Brady Christensen, And he didn't play top competition at BYU like Trevor Lawrence did with Clemson. So there are concerns there, but the Jets need to take a chance. They're in a rebuild right now. They just hired a new coach. Zach Wilson can be the light at the end of the tunnel for them, as Sam Darnold is likely on his way out as the Jets QB this offseason as a trade looms. Moving on to pick number three. The Miami Dolphins will select Devontae Smith, the former teammate of their current quarterback, Tua Tagovailoa, who they just drafted one year ago with the fifth overall pick. 
they need to get two weapons and they will do so by giving him Devonte coming off one of the best collegiate seasons of all time with over 1800 receiving yards this past year at Alabama at just 22 years old. He wins at the line very quickly, gains separation for himself. One of the smartest route runners you will see, and he's able to make big things happen after he gets the ball in his hands. He is just an explosive play waiting to happen, and he will definitely give a team a better shot of making a Super Bowl, whoever he gets drafted to. And thankfully, the Dolphins had a good season last year. They were in contention for a playoff spot. And this year they have the Houston Texans pick at number three, which puts them in a very good spot going forward. He can line up at multiple receiver positions if you need him to as well. The one concern with him is his weight. He weighs just 175 pounds. While he is very talented, it's hard to sustain an NFL career at that size. And he won't need to bulk up a ton. If he can put on about 10 pounds, he'll be okay. And he can do that with an NFL training staff this offseason. But it is a concern because some of the catches he made at Alabama, he, he probably won't be able to make with bigger, stronger players in the NFL going up against him. So the Dolphins draft Devontae Smith to pair with Tua. With the fourth pick in the 2021 NFL draft, the Atlanta Falcons are on the clock, and they will select Justin Fields, the Ohio State quarterback, really able to deliver the ball nicely on his receiver's chests and just get the ball down the field. He's just deadly accurate when, when in the pocket. Bigger frame, he can just run over defenders with, with ease, just kind of like a Cam Newton with his size and great size for the position as well. His legs really add that extra element to his game, as we discussed with Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson already. At times, Fields does try to play hero ball, which means he's trying to extend the play when he should probably be throwing the ball away or taking a sack and just giving up on the play. Sometimes there's not always a play to be made, and you need to realize when it's over, that can lead to some very bad decisions that can cost you a football game. So Fields needs to be a little smarter at the NFL level. And while he played well in the college football playoff semifinal and in a lot of his games, he also had bad games versus Indiana and Northwestern where he made some pretty crucial mistakes. So a body of work is really important to see what they've done over a period of time, rather than just recency bias. And even in recency bias, he did struggle versus Alabama in that national championship game a bit. And he played in Ohio State's offense, which is pretty good at scheming wide receivers open. But either way, he's still one of the top QB prospects this year and will really have a chance to have a long NFL career. The Falcons need to get the replacement for Matt Ryan. And Justin Fields is the guy they're going to bring him back to Georgia as he played there in high school and played at Georgia for a little bit in college before transferring to Ohio State. New head coach Arthur Smith authoring this new era of Falcons football will really make Justin Fields comfortable and utilize him to his strengths. The Cincinnati Bengals are now on the clock with the fifth overall pick, and Penny Sewell is still on the board, left tackle out of Oregon, and they almost have to take him. It's not a guarantee, but this is a guy who's a generational, all-pro caliber talent in my opinion. Six foot six, 325 pound left tackle, just 20 years old. He has been doing this at a very young age and demonstrates incredible technique and fundamentals to the position. Now, he did play some easier competition in the Pac 12, 
but he also still displayed, displayed plenty of skill and talent that will translate to the next level, regardless of who he was playing. He also opted out of the 2020 season. So coming back after not playing a full year could affect him. It's much different practicing than when you get in the game setting after not playing for that long. But the bottom line is that the Bengals need to protect quarterback Joe Burrow, who they took with the first overall pick in 2020. He just suffered a torn ACL and MCL due to poor protection on the play where he got injured. And that was a problem all year long for the Bengals. They couldn't protect Joe Burrow. It doesn't matter how much talent you have on offense if you can't win in the trenches. So if Sewell's on the board, they need to get a surefire offensive lineman to protect Joe Burrow's blind side, and Sewell gives them that. It's a step in the right direction for the Bengals on the offensive line. Moving on to the sixth overall pick, my Eagles are on the clock. And I am honestly not sure what they're going to do here because they tend to pull out surprises on draft night. With who's on the board, I think they will take Jamar Chase. They need to get a playmaker for Jalen Hurts, who will be entering his sophomore season as the quarterback following the Carson Wentz trade. Jamar Chase is pretty dominant. People forget that he had one of the best collegiate seasons before Devontae Smith in 2019 at just 19 years old. He was able to stack corners easily. He's a smart route runner. He can play in the slot if you need him to. He's a very dynamic weapon for any offense, and the Eagles' new head coach, Nick Sirianni, likes to attack matchups. He can do that with Jamar Chase, who can go up and get the ball, who can just run a clean route and do what you need him to, no matter where he's lined up. Now, he also opted out of the 2020 season like Penny Suell, so that's a concern for Jamar Chase. And he also, while he might be bigger than Devontae Smith, doesn't have the best size in the world and does need to clean up a few things here and there, such as letting up and run blocking. But he's a very coachable player. He's ultra-talented. I would love to see him go to the Eagles at pick number six. Next up, the G-Shirt Lions at pick number seven, and they will select Michael Parsons, the linebacker out of Penn State. Now, the Lions have all sorts of needs right now. They have a lot of holes to fill in the roster, but Micah Parsons is too intriguing. There's a lot of options, but Micah Parsons, just the combination of size and athleticism is rare. He's six foot two, 245 pounds, but he just moves so well for his size. You would think that he'd be a little bit of a slower linebacker, but he moves like a pass rusher. And he can pass rush, by the way, too. He can pass rush. He can... What's when you need him to? He can stop the run. He can play in coverage. He does it all at linebacker. And he can play multiple linebacker positions. And he can honestly play in almost any defensive scheme that you need him to, which is important when you go to the NFL and you're looking at who could be a scheme fit for a certain defensive coordinator. He's able to diagnose plays quickly at the position, which is so important at linebacker as the next line of defense behind the defensive lineman. Versatility is the name of the game in the NFL today, too. Defensive coordinators want guys who they can move around and play where they need them to play. And Michael Parsons gives you that option. Now, he does need to improve a little bit more in pass coverage and be able to play in his zone a little bit better. So that's a bit of a concern. The bigger concern with him, though, is he also opted out of the 2020 season. And there are attitude and character concerns with him from former coaches to some scandals at Penn State. And 
that is something that teams will need to evaluate whether he is past those character concerns, whether they're willing to take that on because he is so talented. But at the same time, that's not something you want in your locker room and you might not be willing to draft him and take on those issues if they're still present. So if Michael Parsons is a different person, he can be a different difference maker for your team and really elevate the play of the teammates around him. But they need to evaluate how worth it it is to them. And that will be assessed during interviews come the draft process right now, which we have talked about on previous episodes. The Carolina Panthers are now on the clock at pick number eight, and they're going to select North Dakota State quarterback Trey Lance. He will play under young offensive mastermind Joe Brady, and he would be a great fit in his system, in my opinion. Lance didn't throw a single interception in his 2019 season. Unfortunately, in his conference and his subdivision for college football, they moved this season to the spring. So he was not able to play this year. He was able to play one game that they scheduled, which was nice. But that is another concern that we've harped on this whole episode. At the end of the day, Trey Lance is another mobile QB. He takes care of the football. He can really zip it into tight windows. And he came out of NDSU, as we mentioned, which is where Carson Wentz played. Carson Wentz did have a bad 2020 season, but was a really promising prospect over the course of the past few years and did help Philadelphia win their first Super Bowl. And I will say that North Dakota State does tend to have a quarterback friendly system, very run heavy. So the running backs really do help out the quarterback. But Lance was able to get it done on the ground himself as well. And he is similar in size to Justin Fields, which is nice too. But Fields is a much more polished passer. Now, Lance has to fix some mechanical issues, deliver the ball a bit better. He can, you know, airmail it at times, but. Overall, I think he'll be just fine. He's very coachable. As I've mentioned with all these quarterbacks, I have high hopes for all four quarterbacks we've mentioned so far, including Trey Lance, who I am very high on. And I think the Panthers are getting a steal here at pick number eight. And I think Lance could end up being one of the better quarterbacks out of this class, contrary to popular belief. So with Joe Brady, I think you're going to see Trey Lance really, really flourish in that system if this is where he ends up. We are at the last two picks of the mock draft and we're at pick number nine right now. The Denver Broncos are on the clock and they're going to select cornerback Patrick Sertain out of Alabama, a press man coverage corner who can get physical, get in a receiver's face, but not get too handsy to where he's earning a defensive pass interference. So he's a very smart player, isn't fooled easily, even by the best of route runners. And he went up against some really good competition in the SEC with Guys like Jamar Chase, who we mentioned earlier, going to the Eagles at pick number six. He's able to get his head around to the ball and knock down passes in time so that he's not getting a pass interference where he's not even looking at the pass. Just a very talented corner who's going to be a mainstay in any NFL secondary for a long time, no matter where he ends up. There is a legitimate concern about his deep speed. He doesn't have the best acceleration. He tends to get beat down the field when he does get beat, but overall, he's able to make the play the majority of the time that doesn't show up too, too much on film. It is the one concern that he has, but the Broncos need help in the secondary right now. The top four quarterbacks are off of the board. So even if they wanted to bring in competition for their third year quarterback, Drew Locke, it wouldn't exactly be the ideal situation in this mock draft. So we're going to have them taking Patrick Sertain. Cornerback is a tough 
position to transition into the NFL to, but certain he'll be able to learn. He'll have some time. The Broncos aren't quite done their rebuild yet. And certain will be able to slot in for a while. And Broncos fans will be thankful once they see the payoff down the road. With the 10th and final pick of this first part of our mock draft, the Dallas Cowboys are on the clock. They need a corner as well, just like the Broncos did. And they're going to take the second best corner in the draft, who some might even argue is the top corner in the draft this year. He's personally my top corner. Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech, just an athletic monster with complete skill set. You know you're getting a number one corner on your team. Can track the ball with ease. He's attached to the hip of his receiver all the time. Just very, very skilled at what he does, and it shows up on tape. You can see the athletic monster that he is, as I said earlier. There are other guys that the Cowboys could take here, but if they want to stir up that secondary, they get Caleb Farley and pair him alongside Trayvon Diggs and Chidobia Wuzier, who they already have at corner, who are pretty solid. And they give new defensive coordinator Dan Quinn another corner. Now, Caleb Farley does have injury concerns, and he has a pretty extensive injury history, which is not ideal if you're an NFL team scouting him because you need to know he can stay on the field. Availability is the best ability, as we talked about in our first podcast when we were talking about scouting prospects. And if Caleb Farley can't stay on the field, it's not going to be a good NFL career. But if he can stay on the field, watch out. He's going to take the league by storm and become one of the best corners in the league very quickly, in my opinion. And Caleb Farley would really just add a lot of defensive prowess. He would really help this Cowboys defense a ton. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the fifth episode of Draft Insider. We hope you enjoyed the mock draft. If you want to check out more, go to my website or my profile at InsideTheEagles.com. Go check out my other podcast, Philly Insider Podcast, that I do on YouTube. Thank you again for listening. Hope you all enjoyed it. God bless.